When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome to the Best of Crunch Time, brought to you by Isuzu and Red Rooster. Today's panel featured Jimmy Smith, his former teammate Mark Spud Carroll and Sharky's tragic and actor Brendan Cowell. Hello, boys. How are you? Mate, great to be. It's, uh, it's been a while. We haven't worked together for a long time, Jimmy. But No need to get emotional about it. No, I'm, just, you know, <laughs> I, I'm a pious seaman. I don't do shed a tear, but uh, it's great to be here with a good mate of mine, Brendan Cow. I've had him many times in my gym, and um, we've uh, spent many time together. I'm looking forward to working uh, for the next couple of hours, mate. Yeah, mate. Likewise, bud. It's always lovely to see you. And, um, yeah, I don't think we've been. We used to. We've done a couple of things on the league lounge, didn't we, back in the day, but we haven't been live on radio. So yeah. what could possibly... Go wrong here today. And I, you you were kindly enough to, to invite me. I went to the grand final with you a couple of years ago and I sat next to you and Steve Renouf, wasn't it? It was such an amazing day. Mm. Um, so what grand final? To Raiders Roosters. Ooh. Yeah, it was mm. unbelievable day, wasn't it? The Pearl. And it was it was funny. Like, I'm sitting in between these two rugby league legends and it was funny when the when the teams came out to play mm. and, you know, the song's about to start and everything, I just looked at both Spud and, and Pearl and they both had tears in their eyes and you could just see yeah. that your grand finals were coming back to both of you and it was so beautiful to witness these two guys and I could just see it never leaves you, does it? No, it, just it never, never does. You. But on that day, it was, as I said, I've never met Steve Renouf. I've played against him. I've yeah. never actually sat down and had a beer with him. And what a bloke. As you said, the, the music we just had at the start of the show brought back oh, tears on, the, on yeah. my hands. It's just on the on the arms, just regards to the uh, the kickoff returns. Yeah, there's always that music. That's how a game would start. Yeah, um, it was Led Zeppelin. I think it was. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was. Cashmere. Cashmere. Absolutely. Cashmere. But uh, yeah, it was just it was it was a fantastic day. Um, yeah, blokes like Steve Renouf, like his, remember, mate, wasn't he? He was natural ability, oh. the speed, mm. the headgear down the sideline, and that was when. You know, looking at the Broncos, you don't mm. want to get into the Broncos too early. <laughs> the Chiefs weren't they? Uh, no, but they were a force when he was on the wing. What a team yeah. they were! Uh, we'll get into them a little bit later on in the we program. Sure <laughs> in fact, that you've done. But great to be here and great to work with you, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. A pleasure, Brendan. I'm looking forward to this uh, very much. So, uh, the the seven ideas for segments I've thrown at you, you've rejected all of them. So, <laughs> that, no, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, what about this one? No. Oh, what about this one? No. They're all. They're all. They're Jimmy, all. Jimmy, as I said, what the world <laughs> Brendan Cowell. Um, they were all pretty much the same segment. You just said it yeah, seven tr- different ways. I tried to, I tried to repackage them. The segment some. idea was tell stories about celebrities. <laughs> I'm trying to stay out of the Daily Telegraph. Um, My idea was to go through your IMDB profile and go, oh, you work with that person. What are they like? Oh, yeah. Um, they were lovely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, but we'll save that for the ad breaks and uh, then we'll be uh, yeah, very excited right. about that. That's hey, right. just going back to that then. So you and Steve Renouf played in, well, how many grand finals you play in, Spud? Three? Three. Three. Steve Renouf played in, if we count Super League grand final, he played in four. 
Yeah. And probably won all of them. And, and won all <laughs> and, and won Thanks. all of them. But there you go. Almost twenty years later, or over twenty years yeah. for you, Spud, yeah. and yet immediately transported back to that moment in your that's, life. That's I totally what I up, yeah. yeah. It was so beautiful to witness. Especially as an actor. Like I I'm looking yeah. at it thinking Walking on set, walking on a stage, there's something magical about it. Every time I go to the theatre, I go, oh, I just want to get on the stage, you know. Yeah, right. And just looking at these two guys, and it was it was so private, but I got to witness it, and just what that big occasion means to the rugby league player. I tell you what, there's a level of jealousy associated with now when you look at a grand final, and you just yeah. think, this is the most amazing moment in their professional career. Yeah. And these guys get to enjoy it. Guys and girls get to enjoy it. It's yeah, pretty special. Uh, yeah, they are. it is, Jimmy. I, 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 it's not only um, you know, winning a comp, but or, or being in a grand final, it's also State of Origin, just the memories of State of Origin yeah. the week leading up. But the biggest, well, the hardest thing for me is at the end of the game, when I'm watching these guys, everyone goes, the, the stadium's nearly quiet as, yeah. and they're doing the lap of honour. And I can just remember when I did that and I touched every person. I didn't want to go inside. Yeah. I wanted to stay there as long as I could. Yeah. And you just up on that moment to finish and uh, absolutely fantastic memories. But you were you the most superstitious? Because I've heard you, you had some pretty weird habits <laughs> pre-game, right? Shocking. With not wanting to look at your jumper. You were yeah. eating 10 potatoes. Yeah. You ate 15 bananas yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, but were, were you the strangest? Were there blokes stranger than you in the pre-game rituals? Uh, no. Were you as weird no, as no. it gets? No, no, it wasn't weird. I just had protocols of how I used to go. But protocols, they're, 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 they're not superstitious. <laughs> no, they're they're not protocols. Super, they're just, yeah, like I'd have certain music going to the game. I'd eat yeah. certain, okay, all certain right. Fill us in. Fill us in. Joe Satriani. Joe Satriani. My, my just solos. My wife used to hate it. It was that loud. <laughs> I had it that loud and... And uh, it, was, uh, it was that was fantastic. And then I'd get in the game. But also, as I said, that was one of my that was the last piece of armour I put on. That was my jersey. And I used to never like to see it until when I was running out. And uh, the sheriff used to always put it on for me. But what happened? John Hopwadi and Craig Han- Hancock for their to them for them to relax, they'd go and hide it. And then they'd have a laugh <laughs> watching me destroy the sheds trying to find it. Yeah. But before then, I'd go to the bathroom. But also, I had this thing about I don't know. Maybe maybe I got the shirt on with uh, the. The Stone Cold Steve also used to smash himself with water and give him a face a real good slap. Mm, yeah. I'd be bright red, bright red. But then I go and find my jersey and then it was missing. Then I'd just destroy the place. But yeah, superstitions. I even <laughs> I had lots. I'd I'd play with you one year, two years. One year playing at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So I've seen it firsthand um with him <laughs> yeah. pre-game. And it's hilarious. So you're getting there and, and everyone, you know, you're relatively quiet within yeah. a dressing room environment. And then, you know, the two minute bell might go and next thing you hear, Jersey! <laughs> it's like, oh, Spud, settle it. Salts! Oh, so I had a, <laughs> you know, the smelling salts, right? And the then, salts. Water! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, right, mate. Very didn't high take, maintenance. You didn't take much notice, did you? Very high maintenance. <laughs> what about when we played a game? This, oh, I know I'm getting into your realm good. here, but no, we, we were playing against the Warriors. Remember that in 99? Oh. And we had a, we just needed to keep winning. We were just hanging on to make the, the uh, top eight. And we played the Warriors. We led by 10 with about four minutes to play, and they scored two late tries to beat us. And basically, that was our season. We were, we were gone. But anyway, um, Russell Crowe yeah. is sitting there, right? And sitting next to him, we go, is that Tom Cruise? It was. Yes, it's Tom Cruise, right? So at half time, Craig Coleman's trying to talk to us about this, that, and the other. And we're like, that's Tom Cruise. <laughs> he came into the dressing room, right? And Spud... Was it pre-game or at halftime said, walked up to Tom Cruise and went, I like your watch, mate. It's really nice. Uh, fantastic. Uh, uh, can I have it? And I'm like, you're no, ridiculous. I'm, I'm, geez, you're good at telling stories. No, that was Russell's watch. 
But well, I either I way, you're not concentrating just, on the game. No, I, I just said my, I, I like your watch. I didn't know him as an actor. I think we only, only made one movie. But to see Tom Cruise, <laughs> t- but Craig Coleman, he was just got the he, he just looked at me. He goes, he actually, Tugger said to me, he's got really nice hair, hasn't he? I said, did that guy look at someone's hair? <laughs> that was Tugger. Great head, hair. Beautiful hair. I thought you might have yelled out, salts! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but all that, all that superstition stuff was in the sheds. But going out was another thing. Yeah. I always wanted to come out at number five. I don't know why. I'd oh, push wow. people out to come out at number five. Mm. Cheerleaders was another thing I used to tell them like with the, when I was at Manly. Okay. Make sure the first girl is away from the first bit because I never ran through the centre. Always ducked off ducked the side. Ducked off the side. And I the craziest that. thing was one time I flew out, right foot stepped through, and there was a big Gatorade <laughs> bottle. One of those real big high ones. I'd done the all over the top, but <laughs> got out there. And I'd get the 22 metre line. I don't know why I did this for the uh, – I picked up grass as if I was a, go- a, a kicker in general play. The super yeah. way the women's going to do three high knee lifts, and uh, that was ready for game. But the thing is, no when, you go, when you go into camp, like she used to take me off. they go, look at this, and they'd start throwing grass and doing the high knee lifts. So I'm sure it was great entertainment for them as well. Can I just throw it out there? Zero four five seven seven three six seven three six superstitions mm. that you might have had that you've heard about throughout your sporting career. Send them in. Uh, we'll give a prize away. We'll be a beanie from the Mark Hughes Foundation. Okay, a beanie for brain cancer. Around uh, markhughesfoundation.com.au, or as we're calling them today, Brendan protocols. That protocols, that you might have gone through. Strict protocols. Strict, strict protocols that you might have done. Well, that's one word I've made up today. I, I was always going to use that word. But the last last week I was doing a call for New South Wales Cup. And yeah. I wanted to say indenting the line, right? But I called it indention. And our yeah, good mate I think Billy. That's something for your teeth. I don't know, no, there's no <laughs> such word. And I got a text message of uh, a bloke called uh, Billy, one of our um, friends. Um, Billy, he, uh, who? Billy Alexis. Oh, Billy Alexis. Billy, yeah, anyway, yeah, next yeah. thing. Spud, you know, you've just. Invented a word, indention. <laughs> yeah. There's no such word as indention. So protocol is the first one. But I've got many. Well, you more. didn't. Just to clarify, you didn't invent protocols, right? That word's no, been that's around. That's the word I wanted right. to use. Okay, right. is, there, is there a chapter in your book about protocols? <laughs> no, no, there's a lot of good chapters, but there's yeah. a lot of good oh, chapters. Yeah, well, well, by, we we by Russell Crowe. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, get it. Yeah, I can't wait to have a read. All right. So superstitions today. Um, you know Neil McKenzie. He used to open the batting for South Africa, right? He had, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. So he had a a, a protocol where he used to tape his bat to the ceiling oh, because it brought good story. luck. Wow. Yeah, right. yeah, and when he was out batting, he would never step on a line, you know, the lines of yeah. the crease. He'd never the step dull. on one of those. So he was he was one of the extreme ones. With you being such a fantastic actor on stage, do you have superstitions leading yes. up? Yeah, yeah. I when, when I was doing a, a play on the West End in London a couple of years ago, um, I would go – I had this same – um, at the rest- Italian restaurant across the road and I'd get there at half past five and I'd have the penne arrabbiata <laughs> and then I'd buy this little chocolate pod and I'd have that 35 minutes before and I'd listen to the same three songs. What were they? On the, oh, what were they? They were um, Champagne Supernova. Yeah. Um, and what was the other one? Champagne Supernova. I think it was the, the song that was just out in New York. Um, and, anyway, it was a, a rap song and exactly the same. And then after that, I wouldn't, want to talk to anybody and yep. I do the laps I touch all my props you know nice. and the whole thing great. I rev myself up so it, it, it moves for for everything I do there's mm. a certain thing and the way into a role is the same like I just start getting funny things and little walks and I know what shoes I want to have and you know what I mean yeah. and then you just start listening to that but yeah I'm, I'm totally superstitious and completely weird backstage. Yeah, I was, I was I was even worse through the week my poor wife Malik we used to 
you have a good game, you always think what you wore. And I always wear the same kit. If I got three men in the matches in a row, I'd wear the same kit. My leg would have to wear yeah, the same yeah. gear. Mum and dad. But I used to, on a Friday night go down to a Maryland's to an Italian restaurant. And if I had a good game, I'd order the same meal. But yeah. if, if I got there and someone was in my seat, I'd wait till they moved. Wow. <laughs> so sometimes I'd be sitting there for half an hour till yeah. now. I even got to a stage where I parked my car a certain I'd wait till people moved their car. So we'd, yeah. we'd be down there for three hours. Yeah. And the whole time you're thinking, I'm going to smash Paul Harrigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, your superstitions, your uh, protocols, Paulo from Pete superstitions, Steve Waugh and his red hanky. Mm. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I think the statue at the SCG of Steve Waugh actually has his red hanky coming out of his pocket. Well done to the uh, sculptor on that one. Basil Sellers, I think, financed that one. I, so, was, I was there that day that he scored that. Hundred in the so last. Was so session. was I. God, what mm. an afternoon. So was, was I. Mm. Just incredible. That's got to be one of the top ten feelings I reckon I've had. Human well, emotions. Welcome back to the best of crunch time, brought to you by Isuzu and Red Rooster. Daily Telegraph writer Michael Carianis joined the show to discuss his former Raiders halfback George Williams. It is crunch time. It is on SEN. It's brought to you by Red Rooster and Isuzu, the powerful three-liter turbo diesel Isuzu D Max. No matter the adventure. The Isuzu D-Max is born to live. Mark Spud Carroll is here. There's a race coming up very shortly as well. Brendan Cowell is in as well. Sharks tragic. I think That's right. Best way to describe. Would that be the best? Yeah, it's kind of like how all, all romantics are hopeless romantics. <laughs> None of them are like professional romantics. Right. Okay. So um, you're not a shark, a shark supporter. Yeah, you're a sharks tragic. Sharks tragic. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And 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 last night was a great example of that. You know, we're winning, yes. but you still don't. You still never feel comfortable. <laughs> And neither did the players because they ended up uh, being a tight one, 26-24. Incredible yarn on the front page of today's Daily Telegraph. It's the biggest selling newspaper in the country. So this has got widespread acknowledgement, the writer of it. uh, And it was around George Williams and his treatment at the hands of the Canberra Raiders. Uh, The author of the article is Michael Carianis. He's a great friend of the program and he's been good enough to jump on the line to have a chat. G'day, Mick. Hello, Jimmy and Boyd. How are we? Yeah, really well, mate. Um, Congratulations on this story. Give us the genesis of it, how it transpired. From what I understand, you sat down in a cafe in Canberra with George Williams uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, that's right, Jimmy. It's obviously been a story that that people have been chasing and an interview that people have been chasing, but I managed to catch up with George earlier this week and, you know, we spent a good, you know, a a couple of hours together, really, uh, on and off the record, just just chatting all things... um, Canberra and how his departure sort of played out, the lead up to it, um, the days following, I guess, when, when he sent that, that text message saying he, he couldn't go to training and, and uh, what the future holds for him. He, he was on a plane yesterday, so, so he's flown out mm. of Australia now and headed back home. Yeah, that's interesting. First of all, what what does he order at a cafe, George Williams? Does he go a British, a British Yorkshire tea, Yorkshire or, or has he become signified with the the oat flat white? What's happening there? First of all, let's get the uh, It was some sort of coffee. I cannot remember exactly what he had though. Mm, I, yeah, did get, well, I did order it. I can't remember. Shit coffee over there. So. Last day, maybe, maybe yeah, last exactly. day. I don't know. And and this this whole situation kind of ended up playing out in the media quite a lot. Um, I thought, you know, him and James Hooper were going toe to toe on the yeah. Twitter. Um, there was allegations his manager was trying to get him to a Sydney-based club, even though you know. And then Canberra saying he wants out. Um, how, how much of what uh, of all that stuff was true, and and what what are we meant to believe? Well, look, I think it, it's important to note that this is George's side of the story. We've obviously yeah. heard 
the past couple of weeks or the past couple of six or so weeks at Canberra side, I, I guess. Um, and George has really kept his mouth shut and, until now and just sort of let it all come out. And he wanted to put to bed um, some of the things that he thought were untrue. And that includes searching for another club or, or saying that he wouldn't return to Canberra at the end of the year. Um, he gave him a commitment that he would. Um, and the fact that um, he was on a on the Gold Coast uh, a couple of weeks ago, which he said is untrue. He did book a flight to the Gold Coast through the club, but as soon as he was terminated, he, he cancelled the flight and, and never went. Yeah, social media has just gone berserk. Um, when when we were coming through, we had no social media. So the players, but the thing is, as soon as they post something, it's out there. Okay, so the, I, I just think you look at the way George, he, he posted something. He probably looks back now, probably shouldn't, shouldn't have done that, but he did. It just got everyone rolled up. Yeah, this is, well, I think he's sort of been back and forth a bit, but he was trying to um, maintain a, a bit of silence, but there was so much noise around it. And, and obviously the Raiders were having their say and, and what they thought was their version of events was out there. So he tried to um, stem a, a little bit of that and um, put what he, he thought what, what he thought was, was true and how it played out. So, you know, I obviously spoke to the Raiders yesterday. I spoke with the CEO, Don Ferner. I spoke with Ricky Stewart all before, uh, well before the, the story went to print. Obviously, Ricky provided a very short quote. Um, <laughs> it's very telling, very telling, Ricky's quote. And um, it's probably a trademark of, of his playing crew with those quick one-liners. But it was a yeah, very telling quote. I think he, I'm paraphrasing it now. I don't have it in front of me. But he said, George is 100% right. Um, you know, relationship, no relationship lasts based on mistrust. Yes. And I'm paraphrasing that a little bit. Nah, that's that was... That was exactly it. Um, give us an insight into the, the mental health of George Williams as you perceived it, Michael. Yeah, he, he said he was he was really really struggling, uh, really trying to trying hard to, to get his head around the fact that um, he couldn't have his, his family out here. His partner's pregnant, heavily pregnant, during September as well, and she has um, no support network out here as well. She's obviously English. They met over there and they came out here together. So. Um, obviously, with, with COVID and not having the ability to, to go back and forth or even send his partner back for a little bit or have their family out here was, was the factor. It was the factor in the, the, the decision. He, George said that um, if there was no COVID or the borders were open, there was no way he wouldn't fulfil his contract. So, mm, yeah, that's um, interesting, and, isn't as it? As he said, the, the ability for yeah. him... The, right, the fact that he didn't go to training on, on that Tuesday before that Roosters game, I think it's in round 12, he said... That showed how much of a hole uh, I was in, basically. That's paraphrasing his words. Yep. And, and to, I mean, the, uh, the pride of Ricky, Ricky's kind of time at the Raiders has been largely, you know, testament to his involvement of these great British players, mm. Bateman and Hodgson yeah. and George Williams. And does it feel like that era is over? Because Bateman kind of jumped on on the ship as well, um, and, and Hodgson's rumoured to be going to the Brisbane Broncos. Is is it kind of some solidarity there um, from the Poms just in time for the Ashes? Where they're like, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're all together on this. We're, we're anti-Ricky. We're getting out of here. Is that is that the feeling that's happened? Well, it's kind of turned. The I'm worm has so turned. Sure about, well, definitely John Bateman and George Williams. I think they're aligned definitely in their thoughts towards Ricky Stewart. Mm. I don't think there's any... Um, beating around the bush about that. They're obviously um, not happy with the way their time ended at the Raiders for, for different reasons. 
Josh Hodgson's a, a different case. Look, will he end up at the Broncos next year? Probably. Um, but, um, you know, they still have Elliot Whitehead there, Ryan Sutton as well. Uh, Ricky Short made Elliot Whitehead captain. And George did say, he goes, you know, Ricky had him ever, had all the English guys over on Christmas Day because um, obviously no one had their families out here. And he said he couldn't speak more highly enough of him um, mm. before all this sort of went down. Yeah, Michael, um, are they looking for another Pommy player to replace him? Mm. <laughs> I think they've been burnt too many times. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think they're going back to that well wedding time. They might go to French maybe. or Japanese rugby now. <laughs> 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 Ricky's got his big yeah. map out at home going, pick a country, love. <laughs> Gareth would, I, I suppose Gareth would have counts, right? But he's obviously a, an English guy that they're, they're looking at, but he's got roots in, in Australia as well, but... Um, yeah, there's, he's definitely one, but I'm not sure how quickly they're going to be rushing to find a, another English player. Michael, can I ask you, from what I understand, you're heading down to Wynn Stadium right now to be involved in a call of the Dragons versus Raiders game. Is that correct? <laughs> yep, should I have my bulletproof vest on or what? Well, my next question is, Michael, <laughs> would you be anticipating a one-on-one with Ricky Stewart at the match? Look, well, to, to be fair, I spoke with Ricky yesterday and I detailed everything that um, was said mm. uh, that George had said because it, 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 there's no point of surprising him because it's going to come out anyway. So I went through the quote. I, I said this is what, what his side of the story was. If you want to say something, by all means. I wasn't ringing you up for a quote. I was just ringing you up to let you know. And Ricky was fine. Yeah. Um, he, he, he appreciated that. Look, when it, when it comes out in print, it's obviously a little bit different. I didn't know it was going to be on the front page. Does that change it? I'm not sure. I haven't had any correspondence with Canberra today. I don't expect to with game day, but I'm sure if... Um, Ricky has a problem, um, he'll, he'll speak to me. But I have no qualms going up to him and, and saying hello today like I usually do. Yeah, Michael, when you're calling to get your pie at Kuma, mate, there might be a place where you can get a uh, bullet, bulletproof vest because I reckon uh, <laughs> that's what happened yesterday. Ricky, on uh, game day, look out. <laughs> yeah, I might, I might see it clear. I'm not looking forward to going down anyway. It's a bit cold for me. Oh, well, uh, just one of our listeners has come in with a text message here, Michael. Uh Hey, guys, Michael Carianis might be sleeping with the fishes. Ricky won't miss. So there you go. Hey, just out of interest, um, how many front pages you had, Mick? Oh, I'm not sure, Jimmy. Oh, you've lost oh, count. Sorry. Oh, oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Oh, you, oh, I, sorry. You go, you, go to, last, you go to Mick's house. He's got them all laminated. <laughs> about, you know, on the roof in the bedroom. Going, there you go. Look up there. If, if Ricky gets hold of him, it might be his last. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. Come on. Hey, Mick, uh, really yeah. appreciate your time, mate. Well done on the yarn and uh, enjoy the call this afternoon. Thanks, guys. Uh, Michael Carianis there, who has written that front page yarn. Obviously one of many that he's written on the front page of the the Daily Telegraph. Sorry to get that wrong. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more, including the big news in rugby league. Welcome back to the Best of Crunch Time, brought to you by Isuzu and Red Rooster. There was some big news coming out of the Sea Eagles camp with Blues forward Jake Trevojevic ruled out of Origin 2 due to a hip injury. Here's what the Crunch Time panel had to say. Uh, welcome back to Crunch Time. Mark Spud, Carroll, Brendan Cow, Jimmy Smith here. Up until 2 o'clock, too. Uh, Crunch Time brought to you by Red Rooster and Isuzu, the powerful three-litre turbo diesel Isuzu D-Max. No matter the adventure, the Isuzu D-Max is born to live. Time now for the crunch. This is the big news in rugby league brought to you by Red Rooster. Try their new spicy wings. The Roosters calling. Jake T out of Origin 2. Thoughts, mm. Spud? That's a massive loss. I haven't heard how he got injured. He hurt himself at training. At training, yeah. Is it in com- don't, 
Don't combat. know the specifics. He wasn't, yeah, in the the bar- is- he wasn't in the bathroom. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, but the way they train these days, Jimmy, they... Um, Footage out. Corso. <laughs> and, uh, I've got this thing about, you know, these guys, they have... Um, yeah, they, they they tackle each other. When we were playing, we didn't tackle each other. No, nah, we'd tackle, right. tackle bags. That's you right. wouldn't get hurt in tackling tackling bags. Yeah. And sometimes in friendly fire, you do get injured, especially at training. Especially these guys, the amount of guys who are getting headlocks these these days, they're getting their head in the wrong way. It's all about timing, and they're getting the feet wrong, they're getting the heads wrong, left, right, and centre. And unfortunately for Jake, he's a massive piece to be missing um, the state of origin too. Ooh. But if you look at, at game one, what what did he play? How many minutes did he play? Hang on, where are you going with this, Brendan? Because you might have a similar thought to what I'm thinking. Well, I, I can't read your mind. Right. I mean, I, I can only imagine what's yeah. going on in there, <laughs> Not Jimmy. much. <laughs> really. Um, but I, I, yeah. they took him off. The yeah. bench started playing so well. Yes. I mean, I reckon Jake's, half of what he does is probably around the camp, making blokes feel good <laughs> and funny keeping blokes fo- <laughs> No, I'm serious, because his work ethic, the way he approaches rugby league, mm. you know, he, he's an amazing you know, member of the rugby league playing group. Yeah. But, I, you know, by the end of the game, I thought, God, I, I would love to spice this forward pack up, especially on the edges with Crichton. And I, I would have been tempted to, to sub Jake out for Crichton pre-injury anyway. So I'm, I'm secretly, and I would never say this in public mm. or on radio, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm secretly happy that Crichton might slip in the side. Well, okay. Well, I just think when he, he got pushed up, Number ten starting, but I, I didn't mm. think he'd ever come off. I thought he, he just slipped back into lock. Um, I, I'd start Haas, playing Haas, yeah. Yeah, stayed Haas, put, put him up uh, up front to, to start off with, and and then mm. have Crichton come off the bench and be the ed, edge player and and um, move Cameron Murray into the centre a bit. You know, I, so, I, so, I think so it, here it you go. gives just us a little to, bit more spice. What do you think, Jimmy? Let us in. Just to interrupt you mm. um, to that warehouse of a mind. <laughs> Um, Spud, you're the ex-rugby league player, mm. rugby league great. You're mm. an actor, Brendan. And, and and I'm sitting in the middle here and totally agreeing with everything that you say, Brendan Cow, because I actually think New South Wales will be stronger as a playing group. Now, mm. I'm not underscoring the great things that Jake Trebojevic brings to the camp as a human yeah. and as a, as a bloke who prepares. He played 29 minutes in the first game. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But Paint. he did his job, Jimmy. The thing I, is, the thing I'm is not they saying won he the, didn't do his job. I know, but they won the first game. If he, if he wasn't in training, he'd be in the side. How many, okay. minutes, oh, how many, minutes, did, but, how many minutes did Payne Haas play? I don't, I, I don't know. 57. Okay. The thing is, he could have easily gone back to lock and played played more top, game well, time. But what that, about that Isaiah? Yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he would have been the same side if they picked number two. But Look, you know, for I, for I, Crichton, mate, it's good luck. You would to wait for somebody to get injured and just he's put got the, the Panthers spot. team out there uh, with Tommy Turbo and we'll win. Yeah, it's close, isn't it? That was crunch. <laughs> Thanks to Red Rooster, new spicy wings. Feel the peppery tingle. Limited time, so get in fast. The Roosters calling. Give us your thoughts on that. Zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. We've got the news now. After the news, we're back talking Broncos and the Rabbitohs, and we've got a new sponsor on the program, which we're excited we sure about. Sure do. Welcome back to the best of crunch time brought to you by Isuzu and Red Rooster. Jimmy, Spud and Brendan discuss the fallout of the Broncos thumping at the hands of the Rabbitohs and the popularity of crunch time north of the border has seen an opportunity for a new sponsor to join the show. Let's jump into this one. This is the game on Thursday night. I don't know why I'm laughing. It was it was comical if you're in some ways. Broncos hosting the Rabbitohs at Suncorp Stadium are beaten 46 points to nil, 18 nil at half time. And the conversation that we were having here on NRL Nation was they're actually playing okay, the Broncos. Yeah. And they lose 46-0. How has that happened, Brendan? 
Oh, I don't have any problems with it. I right. think I, <laughs> yes, like, yes. I don't understand what the big issue is with Broncos being shit. No. Like the Titans can come last six years in a row. The Sharks can be useless for 15 years. Yep. Um, every other team can have a, you know, the, we accept the Bulldogs are going a bit shit. Mm. The Panthers were shit for ages. Everyone's shit. Oh, the Broncos are shit. There's a, cri- there's a national crisis. <laughs> yeah. You know, in order to get happy, we need to embrace the times when we're not happy. And we need to learn from them, climb back out. I think the Broncos just need to just go, right, it's over. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Embrace it. Learn. Instead of every week going, how do we win the comp? How do we win the comp? So just see, where are you? Be where you are. And everyone, the egos in Brisbane and the newspapers just have to accept it's a time to be disgraceful. Yeah, so who would have thought we'd be talking about the Broncos getting another wooden spoon? But it's going in the it's going in the kitchen. I guarantee it. Put but it in the, the kitchen. To start the game off, telling everyone that Pangai Junior won't be there next year or might be gone straight away. Jeez, that's rough. Isn't Pangai Junior coming out to play, going, oh, by the way, yeah, uh, yeah, with the whole locker situation. Mm. Um, if you could pack that up after the game, that'd yeah, be great. We talk about players. Pangai Junior, he does my head in. Like he's a natural talent, isn't he? I need someone with his attitude and mindset. Over Jake Trevojevic. Imagine he'd be a world-class player if he had That's that right. mindset. But, mate, no, he hasn't. I just, I just, I'm, I'm disappointed with the Broncos. They're good for 20 minutes, but the game goes for 80. Mm. Mm. Apparently, Tevita Pangai Jr. was in the sheds going, Salt! <laughs> and then he went, Contract! But do you know what? There's something, there's something rancid in there at the moment. It's just not working. Because you watched little Dearden last night wax on a Cowboys jumper. I thought he was fantastic. Mm. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's the Out best of the thing. system. Out of the system. I think Milford, you know, if, if he could go to another club, we might see, you know, there's something in there and I think they've got to embrace the fact that it's not going well instead of having these expectations of being this great, you know, champagne club. This is what Corey Parker said middle of the game. This is on courtesy of Fox League, the audio, but this was the Talk story. To that, us, Corey. Yeah, this was, and apparently, from what I understand, CEO of the Brisbane Broncos, Dave Donahue, went to the sideline reporters for each of the respective networks and told them the news. Here's Corey reporting it. Now our ace reporter on the sideline, Corey Parker, in journalist mode tonight, has uh, breaking news for us. Corey, what's uh, what's the deal? Yeah, there's just some news that's come to light at the moment that uh, Tavita Pangai has been given permission by the Broncos uh, to look elsewhere for, for next year, so or even... Uh, as soon as maybe next week. So we'll wait and see how that unfolds. All righty. Corey Parker on the sideline here. SEN's Andrew Voss uh, calling that one too, courtesy of Fox League. So the other piece to go with that, Brendan, is that the players were told prior to the game. Mm. Now, I know Spud's got his very strong thoughts on Tavita Pangai Jr., but what I know is and, and understand is that he's a leader in that group. Mm. And so well, that's going to put everyone on the back In terms of Kevy's cake... You know, he's kind of got the cake. He's taken little pieces of the cake out. and yeah. The cake's a mess. Yeah. It's a pavlova. He did. He did talk about a cake. He did there talk about a cake. But you know, this is this is kind of what I'm saying is I, I reckon, you know, Kevy just embracing where it's at is at instead of hoping for something else and, mm. and getting rid of the guys that don't give a thousand percent every week mm. um, is probably the start of it. Yeah. Well, look at Pangai. Look, it's... I'm, I'm, as I said, I hate seeing natural talent go to waste. Payne Haas has a go every game. He's leading the front. But Payne Haas Jr., the only time I really see him stand out was probably two years ago when he took on Tom Lolo head on, smacked him how it should be taken. Yeah. I've never seen it again. Yeah. Oh, he's got that in him. He, he's so powerful. And, and he wants wasn't to. There, there was about 10 clubs that are after him already, so everyone could see it. Uh, yeah, I think there are 10 clubs that have 
made contact with him and coaches. And yeah. from what I understand, there's coaches that don't even have clubs that have made contact with <laughs> yeah. him and, and, and trying oh, to get in there. Pickup. So, so I, I would, I, I think earlier this year in that mm. game where the, the Broncos ran the Panthers really close, I think Tavita Pangai Jr. put himself on the other side of the field and said, I want you, Viliami Kikau. And Viliami Kikau mm. did not want to know about it. Yeah, on his day, he's great, Jimmy. That's on his day. Every day. Okay. It should be every game. It should be The money is on. It should, be, it should be on fire every game. I don't disagree with you on that. So I'm going to now make you his manager. Mm. Where would you advise Tavita Pangai Jr. to go? Where would I go? If yeah. I was a player, yeah. I want to be coached. There's only two or three good ones these days. Either the Roosters, Melbourne Storm. And if he, if he wants a bit of discipline, go to, go to the, uh, the, the West Tigers, Madge McGuire. They've all been background mm. of coaching of Melbourne. I love Madge, but he's got to have players there who want to play for Madge. The he Ma- loves his players. I don't see enough out of the players. The Madge, the Madge factor can backfire, though, because you've got to get those guys who are going to do those extra things and, and, and respond to the dictatorial mm. guy. Because I think a lot of the younger players these days, they don't respond to the spray. Mm. They don't respond to the, yeah, gap down and do that, you little piece of this. But Brenda, I don't I'm think pretty they sure like it's like that. acting as well, mate. Like you like to be your own person and sometimes mm. you need to be dictated to how to, how to do your acting, okay? Mm. Sometimes players, sometimes actors need to be told what to do. And he's oh, one of these players who needs it. direction. He needs but direction. I, and there's no direction there at the Broncos. I like being told what, like where to stand and what to do. With, with the with the idea that I'll be doing it, you know what I mean, because they want me to do it, and I think that's that stuff that those great coaches do is they 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 know exactly what they want the player to do. They want them to play their brand of footy, yeah, you know what I mean, and bring the best out of your game, not kind of turn it into something else. But uh, yeah, but it's interesting. Cause I think because we've we've had you know a, a lot of uh, people north of the border are very obsessed with with this show. We've actually attracted. Oh, look, there's a number of sponsors that are already involved with the program, Red Rooster and Izuzu, and, and given some of the work that's happened during the course of the week and on the back of that game, we've actually got a, a, a new sponsorship opportunity, which is fantastic to introduce to you right now. This weekend, if you're in the Ben Hunt for some local seafood, plucked fresh from Red Hill River, get down to Seabold Seafood Market. End of financial year frenzy. This Wayne Bennett-founded, Kevin Walters' floundering Brisbane institution of stink is offering crazy deals on anything that swims. And trust me when I say this, anglers, all fish must go. With the Dearden Drummer and Brody Crabs now further upstream, local snapper Jake Turpin is only $2 a kilo. The Flat-Nosed Flegler, $3 a kilo. And from the Hetherington River, if you buy a tray of Tessie New Sashimi, we will throw in a free fillet of Tavita Pangai Perch for nothing. That's right, you can just have it. A whole fillet of Pangai, yours. And it's never been fresher. Don't under Underestimate the chewiness of our Matthew Lodge lobsters. Once you rip the claws off, they're just so soft in the centre. Instead of having a Tyson Gamble this weekend, take a punt on our meat section with the 12-year-aged Wagyu Carmichael Hunt. Not quite ready to put on the barbie, but showing signs it won't be long. Take a look at our halfback hake bargain ice box. We've got eight different varieties of halfback hake, all flavourless and all on the turn, but, geez, are they affordable. Whack them in a curry or a stew, you won't even notice. The marinated stag's fish, the Xavier floats, you won't want to miss 
is our locally farmed Farmsworth herb squid. Seabold Seafood Market also boasts the Milford mussels. Impossible to pry open, but we hear they're quite tasty when you do. Anastasia-approved abalone. Albert Kelly Carp. Selwyn Cobbo. Ben Dobbo. You're a yobbo. If only we didn't sell Walsh and Nico. Pour some Forex on the barbie and you won't feel the pain. And before you ask, no, we don't sell pain hearts. Seabold Seafood Market. Right on the Red Hill River. Who's <laughs> oh, outstanding? Uh, so, uh, I'd no be getting real, down we... there. Get down there on the weekend. There's some great bargains there, isn't there? How long did that take you to do? What's that? How long did that take you to do? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I just did that this morning, about half oh, yeah. an hour or something. Was there, a, was there a contact point for Seabold Seafood Markets? They're right on the river down there at Red Hill. So Red Rooster Isuzu and Seabold Seafoods Market. Seafood Market just, on the Red Hill River. Yeah, on the Red Hill River. Yeah. The, the Wayne lodge. Bennett owned Kevin <laughs> Walters run yes. <laughs> Seabold Seafood Market. <laughs> Offloading everything. I think everything in the river is for sale, how many, except for pa- the pain house perch. How many half-baked ha- uh, haki? Eight. Half, there's eight. eight. There were eight. There. That's right. There were eight. eight. There was eight. That was right. And, and you know what? We're only just over halfway through the season. That's so right. Could, we're not done yet. There could be more species <laughs> of halfback coming your way at Seabold's Seafood Market on the Red Hill River. Lodge lobster with the tomato sauce? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Once yeah, you I'd, rip the claws off. A little bit soft in there. <laughs> Very clever, mate. Very clever. That is that is outstanding. Um, Kevin Walters has, oh, how would we best describe it if he was on a leather couch, has some issues that he has to move through. One of the issues that he had was in the post-game press conference. It was cringeworthy at times. And Pete Bedell from the Courier-Mail did not miss. Well, we, we've got a plan at our place. We've been saying it all year about restructuring our roster. So, yeah, that's what it's that's what it's about. We need to restructure our whole football club. Everyone, everyone is under review, including myself. So, we're all just going to have you know the next period have a really good look at all of ourselves and which we've already done. There's a plan. There's a plan there, but we will have a you know we'll all just have to have a good look look at ourselves and look at where we're at because you know whilst there were some things that didn't go our way tonight, we're, you know we're not up to scratch, mate. You know, just not up to NRL level. That's it, basically. Yeah, it's not good enough. Morale in the place because there's probably going to be a lot of players nervous about where they stand over the next few weeks. Oh, well, look, everyone's had um, 15 weeks to prove themselves and their value on the football field. So we're all under the microscope, you know, not just players, coaches, performance staff, everyone's, everyone's in the firing line. About 15 weeks as well, Kev. But it looks like the side's gone backwards. Like, there were signs of regeneration. Like, do you feel you're up to this job? Yeah, mate, yeah. Certainly do. I wouldn't say we've gone backwards. We've got three wins from 15 games, and we've got 10 to go. So, come and see me at the end of the year, Pete. Wow. <sighs> um, at one stage, Pete Bedell from the Courier-Mail, and, and let's put it on the table, he and Wayne Bennett enjoy a very good relationship. So, make of that what you will. But he, at one point, said, do you think Wayne could help? <laughs> Kevin went, oh, no, that's fine. Thanks very much. Mm. He didn't oh, miss wow. him. Didn't miss him at all. I feel, I feel for Kevin. Could you always see of him being the jovial sort of type? Um, mate, there's no laugh to come to that body anymore. He is hurting. He, he'd be looking up at that Fox Sports commentary box going, geez, that was nice up there last yeah. year, wasn't it? <laughs> Just calling yeah. the game and relaxing with Vonnie yeah. and 
and Brandy. But, you know, you got to – the questions are right. I love it when he said the other – they said, are you frustrated? He goes, no, I'm not frustrated. No, I'm not frustrated. Oh, do I, uh, no, there's nothing frustrating about it. <laughs> How long you been paranoid? Yeah. Well, ever since they started plotting yeah, against exactly. me. I'm not frustrated. <laughs> and, you know, because people say it's gone backwards since Seabolt's left and mm. all sorts of things. And you wonder – you know, it, he has inherited a mess. Is it Kevy's fault that it's not getting better? I don't know. Like, mm. I, I, I actually think it's an attitude philosophy thing from the, the front desk, which is what, they're not embracing the fact that it's broken. They're just trying to, like, quickly solve it every week. Yes. Instead of going, all right, let's let's have a really big honesty chat here yeah. about what the hell is going on and with all the people who are running it. Yeah, so, we, so, so, mate, we know, we know one person can fix it. Can you see him ever going back? Never. Wayne Bennett. Not whilst Carl Morris is there as chairman. Mm. So they, they pretty much have an irreparable um, relationship. So um, Carl Morris is still there as chairman. Not many chairmen sack themselves. Right. Not many chairmen sack themselves. So um, Peter Nolan, he's gone. He's the recruitment manager, the general manager of football. So he's gone. So um, Andrew Kroll, he's the high-performance chief. He's gone. Changes are being made. Dave donahue has been in there for four weeks. He's the CEO that's come from the Melbourne Storm. He has to make changes. So he's got um, – how far those ca- changes go, we have to wait and see. The the playing personnel is changing. We know that. Tavita Pangai Jr. has yeah. been told, hey, mate, you you can go get something. See you later. Yeah, because you've got Adam Reynolds coming up, and that's exciting. Correct. But a- a- Adam Reynolds isn't like a Michael Jordan who's just going to walk into any town and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to make the playoffs, is he? Like, that's right. He's a great player because you look at those guys at South who he passes the ball to and those forwards that get up the centre – you know, a Burgess and Cam Murray. Yeah. You know, and then he's got probably the greatest, you know, left side back line yes. um, going round that yes. I've seen. Um, so Adam Reynolds is surrounded by talent. I mean, I, I really like that Herbie Barnworth. He's a good player. I, I think he's a great yeah. player. Stags, if, if Stags gets his, his head screwed on, gets off the source and, and has a <laughs> chat right. with the Jake Travojevic, you know, there's blokes in the game that just shouldn't have a schooner, they should have a mm. kombucha. You know what I mean? And yeah. just while you're playing rugby league, don't drink. And yeah. go, go, you know, you wouldn't see a 100-meter runner getting on the piss on a Saturday night because they're like, yeah. you know what? You know how sh- short your career is till you're 30 yeah. or whatever. It's like, why don't you just be a full-on athlete while you – because you don't know how lucky you are yeah. that, you, that you've got this little period of time. And so I think that there's a whole – because sometimes they're getting thrashed and the mm. cameras go over to the players and they're all having a laugh and right. on the phones and they've got the beanies on. I'm like – now, you remember when the Melbourne Storm get beaten? It looks like Gallipoli. It looks like there's, there's dead soldiers <laughs> right. on the ground. Yeah. Like they, like Cameron Smith, like if he got beaten in round six, like they'd be going, how did that yeah. happen to yeah. us? Yeah. And they yeah. were like, they were at a funeral. You know what I mean? Whereas you look over at Brisbane and they're getting flogged 40 and they're all having a high five and a TikTok and a whatever. Yeah, yeah no. certainly changed the – actually, that was the, one of the clubs to go to all those years ago. Eight yeah. years ago, nine years ago, it was, it was the place to go to. But now, players aren't even looking at it. So where do we – so we, so if if we've identified there's a number of problems, who do we who do we have to apportion the responsibility for that? Like, who – Darren Lockyer is involved in the recruitment and retention up there. He's a board member. Darren yeah. Lockyer's name hasn't been mentioned. Now, Darren Lockyer is a great player and outstanding human. But if you're making these decisions, where does accountability go? Where does Carl Morris, where does the accountability go? Where's Paul White, the ex-CEO? Where does the accountability go there for the seven, eight or nine players that have not only contracts that are beyond what they're worth, but then have options in their favour for one and two years? It's ridiculous. 
Yeah, I think they've probably got to go and, you know, work on some construction sites, go out to some rural areas. <laughs> I'm serious. Get some full-on perspective mm. at how hard people's lives are. Start digging some holes on 40-degree days for Telstra. Yeah. Um, you know, go out and see how yeah. some other people live. Go into some com rural communities and then hear and see the love people have for the Broncos, see the love people have for rugby league and go, hang on. You know, I've got a little burst here. I've got a little opportunity. Wow. And, and I, yeah. I think that because I think they get the free passes there, the free beers, the free yeah. McDonald's, the car. They walk down through Brisbane. They're like, oh, there's a Broncos. And they're yeah. like, that's right. That's right. You know what I mean? And I think cut all that out and, you know, get have some reality. Cut out all the privilege and go, you know, you do it all yourself. Yeah. You bring your costumes. You bring costumes. <laughs> you bring your oranges you know, get back to really working class rugby league, you know, from the era you were brought up yeah. in of, you know, road jogs and, mm. you know, real basics. Thanks for listening to the best of Crunch Time. If you miss any Crunch Time episode, you can always download the podcast at Spotify or Wooshka. Crunch Time is back from 12pm next Saturday. Until then, it's bye for now. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.